0: Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. It's great to have you here in my neck of the woods as we gather for another episode of the Deer Tracks podcast. I'm James Kibbe, and this week I've got a great lineup of poems for you uh, that have to deal with the Thanksgiving holiday. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind everyone that the Deer Tracks podcast is a place where creativity lives, where our longings, our delights, our disappointments, and our passions are breathed out, marking the trail of our journey. These are the tracks we make and the ones we follow to find the deepest parts of ourselves, our true selves. During each episode, you will hear echoes of the past as well as current voices through discussions about and performances of creative works. Our goal is to build community and inspire others in their creative pursuits, which is why we invite our listeners to submit their work for the opportunity of hearing it on a future episode or seeing it on our blog site, www.deartrackspodcast.blog. So if you have a work that you would like to submit to me, you can email it to James at DeerTracksPodcast.blog. Also, if you enjoy the content of this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and positive review, and share it with anyone you know who will enjoy this podcast as much as you. And now, on to this week's show. We are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and to say I'm excited may be a bit of an understatement. I love this time of year, and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I would say it's because I believe focusing on the things you're thankful for, those things that are really important or really matter, uh, recognizing that all is a gift from God, uh, is a healthy and enriching activity. But really, I love the food. Thanksgiving is not for the calorie conscious. And it's all delicious. I mean, pumpkin pie, the turkey, the stuffing. Oh, so good. However, with the respect uh, to the former thing I mentioned, uh, that's the giving thanks part. It is a really good thing to set aside time to give thanks and reflect on the blessings you have. There is so much negativity in the world that it's much easier to complain, to focus on what you lack over what you possess. That kind of like, oh, the glass is half empty as opposed to half full kind of thing. But uh, when we're willing to set aside our complaints in favor of giving thanks, we realize that what we have is far greater and more important to us, and in some ways, it calls us back to ourselves. We find this in our first poem for the episode titled Thanksgiving, and it's written by Edgar Albert Guest. getting together to smile and rejoice and eating and laughing with folks of your choice and kissing the girls and declaring that they are growing more beautiful day after day, chatting and bragging a bit with the men, building the old family circle again, living the wholesome and old-fashioned cheer just for a while at the end of the year. Greetings fly fast as we crowd through the door and under the old roof we gather once more. Just as we did when the youngsters were small. Mother's a little bit grayer, that's all. Father's a little bit older, but still, ready to romp and to laugh with a will. Here we are back at the table again, telling our stories as women and men. Bowed are our heads for a moment in prayer. Oh, but we're grateful and glad to be there. Home from the Eastland and home from the West. Home with the folks that are dearest and best. Out of the sham of the cities afar, We've come for a time to be just what we are. Here we can talk of ourselves and be frank, Forgetting position and station and rank. Give me the end of the year and its fun, When most of the planning and toiling is done. Bring all the wanderers home to the nest. Let me sit down with the ones I love best. Hear the old voices still ringing with song. See the old faces unblemished by wrong. See the old table with all of its chairs, and I'll put soul in my thanksgiving prayers. That was Thanksgiving by Edgar Albert Guest. One of the wonderful things about the holiday season is the gathering of loved ones around the table. We hear this in Guest's poem. Here we are back at the table again, telling our stories as women and men. As life becomes more integrated with technology, we've become more isolated and insular. The very act of table fellowship is almost a subversive act, but a necessary one facebook soon to be meta may say that they're fostering genuine connections but no matter what they do it will always be a virtual world tailor made to your personal desires it will not be the real world it's only when we turn off the screens and physically sit down together that we are free to be who we really are in the company of people who love us It's here we tell our stories as women and men and share food that has been routinely shared on Thanksgiving since we can remember. It seems like each dish is its own tradition. And if you're missing certain items like the green beans or decide to serve the whole cranberries over the jellied ones or vice versa, it is noticed and can sometimes lead to animosity between family members. These dishes have a history that can bring us back home not necessarily uh meaning physically uh certainly i don't see anybody riding a can of green beans home anyway uh but emotionally and spiritually uh, there's a there's a a certain you know connection to that uh, that we that we have uh, maybe you've seen uh, the disney movie rat ratatouille that's kind of a, an example here uh, where you if you've seen it it's, it's the story of a rat in france who Pursues his dream of being a chef. I know, that sounds a little ridiculous. Well, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, in this movie, there's this uh, notorious food critic who ends up being served a dish that takes him back to uh, when his mother made it for him. And in a way, the dish, uh, which happened to be ratatouille, that's actually a a name of a a dish, uh, but that dish uh, sort of humanized him. He was very cold and very uh, almost heartless, it seemed like. And so that almost kind of brought him back to, uh, almost made him more human uh, with that. Uh, So, and that's because there's power in memory. And that memory is uh, created through our interactions with one another, especially during the holidays. And it's where we find our next poem, which pays homage to a Thanksgiving classic. Uh, The poem is by John Greenleaf Whittier, and it's titled, The Pumpkin. O greenly and fair in the lands of the sun, the vines of the gourd in the rich melon run, and the rock and the tree and the cottage enfold, with broad leaves all greenness and blossoms all gold, like that which O'er Nineveh's prophet once grew, while he waited to know that his warning was true, and longed for the storm-cloud and listened in vain for the rush of the whirlwind and red-fire rain. On the banks of the Zenil, the dark Spanish maiden comes up with the fruit of the tangled vine laden, and the Creole of Cuba laughs out to behold, through orange leaves shining, the broad spheres of gold. Yet with dura delight from his home in the north, on the fields of his harvest, the Yankee looks forth, where crook necks are coiling and yellow fruit shines, and the sun of September melts down on his vines. Ah, on Thanksgiving Day, when from east and from west, from north and from south come the pilgrim and guest, when the gray-haired New Englander sees round his board the old broken links of affection restored, when the care-wearied man seeks his mother once more and the worn matron smiles where the girl smiled before, what moistens the lip and what brightens the eye, what calls back the past, LIKE THE RICH PUMPKIN PIE O oh, FRUIT LOVED OF BOYHOOD THE OLD DAYS RECALLING WHEN WOOD GRAPES WERE PURPLING AND BROWN NUTS WERE FALLING WHEN WILD UGLY FACES WE CARVED IN ITS SKIN GLARING OUT THROUGH THE DARK WITH A CANDLE WITHIN WHEN WE LAUGHED ROUND THE CORN HEAP WITH HEARTS ALL IN TUNE OUR CHAIR A BROAD PUMPKIN OUR LANTERN THE MOON TELLING TALES OF THE FAIRY WHO TRAVELED LIKE STEAM AND A PUMPKIN SHELL COACH, WITH TWO RATS FOR HER TEAM. THEN THANKS FOR THY PRESENT, NONE SWEETER OR BETTER, ERE SMOKED FROM AN OVEN OR CIRCLED A PLATTER, FAIRER HANDS NEVER wrought AT A PASTRY MORE FINE, BRIGHTER EYES NEVER WATCHED o'er ITS BAKING THAN THINE, AND THE PRAYER WHICH MY MOUTH IS TOO FULL TO EXPRESS, SWELLS MY HEART THAT THY SHADOW MAY NEVER BE LESS, that the days of thy lot may be lengthened below, And the fame of thy worth like a pumpkin vine grow, And thy life be as sweet and its last sunset sky, Golden-tinted and fair, is thy own pumpkin pie. That was The Pumpkin by John Greenleaf Whittier. While the food is delicious and I look forward to it every year, what the feast ultimately represents is the blessings we've received. That while in this life we may struggle, we made it here on the other side of the year, and this, as those who celebrated the first Thanksgiving would attest, is by the grace of God. I mean, we often say that this is a time to be thankful. Thankful to whom, though? Sure, we could answer with our parents, grandparents, ancestors, etc. But if you continue down that line, you will end up at God. For me, I try to embrace life as a gift. And part of receiving a gift involves a recognition of the giver by saying thank you. This is why many people begin their holiday at church. For some, it's a tradition that has been handed down. Uh, It was a tradition tradition for my family. Of course, when I was a boy, I I found church to be boring, even though I knew it was important. Maybe some of you listening know what I'm talking about. Sitting in the pew, flipping through the pages of a hymnal or Bible, doodling on the uh, welcome cards in the card slot, or daydreaming while looking out the window or staring up at the ceiling. Well, our next poem by Robert Graves shares this experience while also contrasting the placid worship that's happening in the church with the untamed nature of worship in creation. The title of the poem is A Boy in Church. Gabble gabble brethren, gabble gabble. My window frames forest and heather. I hardly hear the tuneful babble, Not knowing nor much caring whether The text is praise or exhortation, Prayer or thanksgiving or damnation. Outside it blows wetter and wetter. The tossing trees never stay still. I shift my elbows to catch better The full round sweep of heathered hill. The tortured copse bends to and fro In silence like a shadow show. The parson's voice runs like a river, Over smooth rocks, I like this church, The pews are staid, they never shiver, They never bend or sway or lurch. Prayer, says the kind voice, is a chain That draws down grace from heaven again. I add the hymns up over and over, Until there's not the least mistake. 771, look, there's a plover, it's gone, Who's that saint by the lake? The red light from his mantle passes, across the broad memorial brasses. It's pleasant here for dreams and thinking, lolling and letting reason nod, with ugly serious people linking sad prayers to a forgiving God. But a dumb blast sets the trees swaying with furious zeal like madmen praying. That was A Boy in Church by Robert Graves. Before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to read, um, in honor of the Thanksgiving holiday and in memory of one of the greatest uh, U.S. presidents, uh, Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving Proclamation, which he gave on October 3rd in the year 1863. By the President of the United States of America. A Proclamation. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield. And the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next, as a day of thanksgiving and praise, to our beneficent Father, who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also, with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1,000, Eight hundred and sixty three, and of the Independence of the United States, the eighty eighth, by the President Abraham Lincoln. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Deer Tracks Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, uh, please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. And if you're listening on our blog site, and again, the URL for that is www.deertrackspodcast.blog, then leave a message in the comment section of this post or send me an email to james at deertrackspodcast.blog. And you can also send me a work to hear on a future episode or to be featured on our blog site um, and again, the email for that is James at DeerTracksPodcast.blog. Well, I hope that you and your family have a wonderful and blessed uh, Thanksgiving holiday if you're celebrating Thanksgiving. And until our paths cross again, this is James Kibby saying, see you next time on the Deer Tracks podcast.